Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine Podcast. This is episode 25. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we have controversy. We got a lot to talk about. Patrick Reed obviously wins the Farmers Insurance Open, uh, but with an asterisk, I don't think an asterisk maybe because he won the sh- he won the thing by five, uh, but another cheating scandal, scandal from Mr. Reed. So we're going to cover all of that. We're going to talk about Tony, obviously, continuing this streak of top 10 finishes. We're going to talk about Xander, kind of on his own little run that Tony's going on. Victor Hovland, recapping with my guy, Rory, who kind of shit the bed on the last four holes of the tournament. Going to talk about all that. Um, Going to recap the betting that we had, the bets that we had last week on the T9 card show. We did pretty well. Uh, We would have had a huge week if Rory didn't choke on the last four or five holes. We would have had a very, very good week, but we're going to go over all of that. I'm going to cover Will Z, Will Zalatoris, if that's how you pronounce your name, buddy. Um, And then we're going to re, we're going to end the show like we always do every week with a in-depth preview of this week's Waste Management Phoenix Open, the People's Open without the people, Uh, usually home to like 500,000 to 700,000 people total over the four days of the tournament play. Uh, This year, that is not the case. There's only going to be 5,000 people, I think, on the 16th hole. So we're going to do a preview of that, in-depth preview, and then end the show with our betting, with all the betting information that you guys need for the week, data golf, key stats, all that kind of stuff. Pretty normal show this week, but we have a lot to talk about. So let's jump right into it. First with the headlines, Paul Casey gets the W at the Dubai Desert Classic. He won that thing by four shots after finishing in the top 10 last week at the American Express. Had a good start stateside, then went over to Dubai and gets the win. He was playing very good golf. Uh, he was in kind of my top five guys to watch over there for that classic, and he gets it done. My other guys, Tommy, had an okay week, I guess. Morikawa, um, again, like, okay. Nothing spectacular from those guys. But yeah, he gets another European Tour win. He's racking them up, man. Doesn't have a bunch stateside, but he is racking them up on the Euro Tour. Second headline, Roy McIlroy nominated to be a PGA Tour Player Advisory Council Chairman. So that's huge for Rory. Um, had to bring it up because that's my guy. This is a Roy McIlroy podcast, so I had to bring that up. But congrats to Rory. That's pretty cool. That's it for the headlines. Only a couple. Uh, so let's jump right into the Farmers Insurance Open, and let's talk about Patrick Reed and, again, Rory, because they were kind of in the same situation. So... Again, Patrick Reed gets the win at the Farmers by five shots over guys like Tony Finau was there at T2, Xander, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland choked also kind of down the stretch. He was one back of the lead. He was tied for the lead at one point and then just had a pretty bad back nine. Uh, couldn't 
couldn't birdie par fives, had one go. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. He went, had one go in the waste area, had to take a drop at a red hazard. And then the rules official just kept making him drop the ball just over and over and over again. I think he probably dropped the ball nine times before it went to rest. Crazy that that's one of the stupidest rules in golf. But uh, yeah, he didn't have a great he didn't have a great uh, back nine. But let's get into the Patrick Reed thing and what happened uh, before we get into all the stats and all that kind of stuff. So during the third round, Patrick Reed hit a ball greenside left on the 10th hole. And he walked up to it. And the first thing that he asked the volunteer was, did it bounce? And she said no. So in his mind, it was wet at Torrey Pines. In his mind, there was a chance that the ball was embedded. And by that means it it hit the ground and pierced the ground that the ball is stuck, embedded in the ground. Usually when you pull the ball up, it has mud on it and all that kind of stuff. So she said no. Then he checks to see if the ball was embedded by picking it up. And then he started kind of playing around with the spot. And then he asked the official to come over to check it, to get his opinion, even though his, the ball's like in his hand, it was just really messy. Like, I, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, I don't, his past is definitely influencing the way that people are taking this, right? He's been kind of known as a quote-unquote cheater on the PGA Tour. He's one of those guys. If it was, I think, what was it? It was Tiger's Tournament down the Bahamas a couple years ago, I think. And he like was in one of the bunkers and then on one of his practice swings just took out a, ma- a mound of sand that was behind his ball. And it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And now it comes to this where in his mind there was a chance that it was embedded just because the volunteer didn't see it bounce. And she just said no. But then instead of asking for a rule official to come over right away, he's playing around with the ball, picks it up, checks it, plays around with the hole. And that's where it gets a little sketchy, right? And the tour guys did not like it. Xander after his round on Sunday said, obviously the talk amongst the boys isn't great, which means the tour players are not very happy with Patrick Reed right now. And they're normally not very happy with Patrick Reed aside from the one year where he, they carry, he carried the Ryder cup team. It's been kind of downhill from that captain America with Jordan Spieth, all that. And then he sucked in the next Ryder cup. And then he's been doing this bullshit for like three or four years. And it's just crazy that it just keeps digging himself a deeper and deeper hole. And at one at one point, the tour is going to have to step in and be like, Patrick, you can't do this bullshit anymore because if they kind of keep letting it slide, he's just going to keep doing it. There's no there's no repercussions for it. He's just continuing to do it. And you and you got to think about the Rory situation too. Same thing. He was on 18 on Saturday. And he was laying up, I believe, from the fairway or the right rough, I forget, or maybe even the left side of the fairway. Anyway, that doesn't matter. His ball went short of the green, 70 yards short of the green in the rough, and his bounced straight up. And you can't really tell on the video if it bounced back into the pitch hole or whatnot, but he was also told that the ball didn't bounce. So in his mind, it's embedded. And he goes up right away and said, hey, guys, my ball's embedded, and then asked Sabatini, hey, what's the rule here? And then he said club length, immediately picks the ball up, tees it up takes the drop, and then plays on. The difference in this scenario is Rory immediately knew it was embedded, and he didn't take any time. With Reed, he saw it. He was playing around with it. He was picking it up, couldn't make the decision. Then he asked for a second opinion from the official. So it's kind of the same scenario, just handled two way different ways. Immediately, Rory said embedded, blah, blah, blah. The only thing about Rory that you could criticize is embedded is definitely a very big advantage because – 
when the fa- when the ball's that far into the rough, deep into the rough, it is impossible to get out of. So when it's embedded, you get a free drop from your knee now, so it doesn't go all the way down in the rough. It, not a fluffy lie. Nothing at Torrey Pines is really fluffy, but you get a way better lie. Even Rory's drop, he didn't even get it to the green. It was short. So that's kind of the difference where it was kind of an immediate thing with Rory. Patrick Reed was not immediate. He was playing around with the ground, blah, blah, blah. You can criticize Rory because he didn't ask an official, right? I feel like with the embed rule, you kind of have to have an official there because the official is going to immediately come over and say, oh, yeah, that bad boy's in the ground. Pull it up. Take a drop. Let's go. That's the only thing Rory didn't do. I think his was embedded. Um, he's my guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I think he wasn't better just because he was so fast with it. Like if he wasn't a hundred percent sure, he's taken worse rulings in the past. Like Pepper, I think it was at the PGA championship, like stepped on his ball greenside, so he was able to take a drop. And you're supposed to recreate it. And he dropped it and he was like, that wasn't as bad as I think it was. So I'm going to push it down a little bit further. Like that's the kind of guy Rory is. So I think his was actually embedded. That's why history kind of comes into it because then we get to again where Reed is, you know, not great when it comes to ruling. So you just have to think about that. But I think he was in a tough spot. He could have handled it way better just because, sorry, my phone's ringing, just because you need to call an official over there first, especially if you don't think it's embedded. Like if you don't know 100% that it's embedded, you got to call an official over. So he was put in a tough spot just because the volunteer said that it didn't bounce. So immediately when he's walking up to it, he didn't think it bounced. So that's kind of the scenario. I don't know what to think about it, to be honest with you. I think he could have handled it a lot better. I don't think he was supposedly trying to cheat and look like a shithead, uh, but that's how it came off, especially with this history. So that's what happened. On Saturday, kind of a kind of in a bad spot, but what are you going to do? But like I said last week on the show, and he was my one of my guys to watch last week, and I knew he was in for a very good week just because of his short game, and that's kind of what stood out. It's ridiculous how good that guy's short game is. He's ranked, uh, or no, he ranked tied for sixty third in greens of regulation this week over the last thirty years. 0.7% of winners on tour have ranked 63rd or worse that week in greens in regulation. Ridiculous. This guy's short game. He obviously ranked first in the field stroke, strokes gained around the green and nearly nearly gaining four strokes on the field this week with his short game. Ridiculous. Uh, Approach-wise, he was middle of the pack and off the tee was 31st. So his short game definitely helped him out. He's one of the best putters on tour. He hit back-to-back 40-footers on six Saturday and Sunday, which very much helped. On Sunday, I think he hit eagle from 40-something feet, and on the next hole, he hit like a 30-something for birdie. So his short game around the green is absurd how good that is. And with this win for the Ryder Cup, there's six guaranteed spots. So the captain, there's eight guys on the team. The captain chooses the last two, but the first six are determined by a point system. With this win, Reed jumps into that last spot, that sixth guaranteed spot to be on the Ryder Cup team. He's got it. So that's huge for him. Obviously, he's done very well for the U.S. in Ryder Cups before. So we'll see if he stays on the team. If he continues having a really good year, he's going to be there. It's going to be interesting, man, because that you have to have a good locker room at the Ryder Cup. And if he keeps doing this shit or even if guys kind of hold a grudge against this one, that could be a messy locker room. So we'll have to see what happens with Patrick Reed, but his ninth win. He's a win away from being a double-digit winner on the PGA Tour, which is ridiculous to think about that he's won that many times. You like kind of forget he's won at Liberty National. He's won the Masters. He won at Torrey Pines. Like He wins at big boy golf courses, and he gets it done, man. He's a grinder. So congratulations, Patrick, even though you probably cheated. 
Moving on. Tony Finau. This is just becoming hilarious at the point we are with Tony Finau right now. So we have to talk about it. Since his last win, he has finished inside the top 10 36 times. And we talked about it last week. At the time, it was 35. And then 36 after this week, that would have been the easiest bet of all time. I don't know why that wasn't on the T9 card. That should have been because Tony Finau was a guaranteed top 10 last week. And I don't know why we didn't take it. Tied for second with Xander and all those boys. Those 36 times since his last win, top 10, 36 times and has amounted $18 million in tour earnings without winning. This guy, if you only throw a couple, a couple wins into that mix, you're talking like mid 20 million dollars like crazy so this guy is just a money printer he was 10 under on 18 Roy reed was 13 under i believe at the time so if you make birdie or maybe even eagle you're posting a number that patrick has to think about coming down the stretch right if you're you're at 13 and you're standing on 18 and somebody's in the clubhouse at 12 that makes you think you need to make a par Tony gets his driving iron out. He hits the fairway. Great drive up the right-hand side, avoids the bunker, and then puts his driving iron in the water, ends up making double, and then no one else was kind of closing. Victor Hovland, again, was kind of a crapshoot down the stretch, and Reed just lallygagged his way to a W. So Tony failed to make him think at the end, especially even with a birdie. If you're at 11 under, maybe Reed makes a bogey late, then you need to make par, right, to not go to a playoff. You just need to put that in his head, and Tony couldn't do it. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Tony. He's not at the. He's not in Phoenix, which is kind of surprising, just because he's played very well there in the past. He lost in a playoff, which we'll talk about later, to uh, Webb last season. So he's played very well. He's playing very well. I think this week could have been the week to him finally get a W. Uh, can take advantage of lit of his length down at TPC Sawgrass, but we're not going to see him. So that's kind of a surprise. But he would have been on my card for sure. He would have been top ten for sure. I'm not missing out on that again. But it's just laugh out loud funny that this is becoming a thing with him, but we'll see. The next guy, one of my guys, Xander, the most quiet, tied for second, I think, maybe of all time. Hasn't finished outside the top 25 since the RBC Heritage. If you guys don't know when that took place, that took place in June. That is the last time he finished outside the top 25. Ridiculous. Inside the top 40 in every single stroke gain category on tour this season. 36 off the tee. 25th in approach, 19th around the green, 9th putting, 8th tee to green, 2nd total. Outrageous golf that he's playing right now. He hasn't won since the Tournament of Champions back in 2019, so it's been over over two years since he's won. So he's kind of getting into that, like, not as bad as Rory because Rory's entering that, right? It's been, what, a year and a half since he won, but he's slowly kind of turning into that guy that is just like you look up at the leaderboard, not paying attention, and then all of a sudden you just see Xander Shoffley, and he's like two back or like three back or four back, but he's in the top 10. Like he's slowly becoming one of those guys. He's going to have to close one of these weeks. Like he wasn't even mentioned on TV until the back nine on Sunday, and all of a sudden you're watching the golf tournament, and you're just like, oh, Xander's in this one too. It's insane. Many people, like people on Twitter didn't even know he was in the tournament. That's how little they they showed Xander Shoffley or even talked about Xander. And he tied for second, like another top five finish. It's ridiculous. He is in the field this week for the waste management. So he's going to have to be on the card somewhere just because his play of late has been absurd. Probably a top 10, depending on the value we can get him for. But yeah, man, Xander Shoffley, holy shit, playing some golf. Um, Will Zalatoris, Zalatoris, however you pronounce I'm just going to call him Will Z just because I don't know how to pronounce his name. He grabbed a T7, 
since the beginning of 2020, since the beginning of 2020, he has 14 top tens. That's the most of anyone on tour. He's an unreal ball striker, fantastic driver of the golf ball. He's a very awkward putting stroke. Like he takes it back and uh, Faldo, I think Faldo was talking about it. Faldo was talking about it on the TV coverage. I think it was actually Sunday where he doesn't take it back that far because he thinks the more you take it back, the more it can go wrong, which I actually agree, but it makes it really awkward because even with like a 40 foot putt, he takes it like six inches back and then just hammers the club head through. So it's very awkward to watch. Like it's not even Brant Snedeker X is even shorter than that. It's not even a pop stroke. It's kind of like just a shove. So it's very awkward to watch. He's okay on the greens. It works for him, but his ball striking is absurd. And he's also in the field this week for Phoenix. So he's going to be a guy that we definitely watch just because of his recent play. Uh, I don't think he's played here before, but Unreal ball striker, man. And that's what is very important, which we'll go over here in a minute at the waste management. You need to be a good ball striker, T to green. And he kind of fits that code. And then we got to talk about my guy. We got to round out the recap with my guy, Roy McElroy, T16. Man, did he fuck us with that bet. Man, he. Mm, I was actually very upset about that. Despite hitting less than 43% of fairways, which is terrible. He could not hit a fairway. Uh, he ranked second in strokes gained off the tee just because of his distance. He was 43rd on the greens. His wedge game needs to be better. He's, his proximity is awful. He was hitting wedges, middle of the fairway, 135, needs a little draw, even though for some reason he likes going back to this little cut thing, even though he can't, he's like swiping across the golf ball. He hits a wedge to like 40 feet, and then you stick a four iron in his hand off the next tee, a 230-yard par three, and he puts it like 15 feet. Like his proximity makes no sense. Next time they get to the range, Harry's got to take those everything out of his bag and except for the pitching wedge, a 52 and a 56, and just say, hit these for four hours until you can dial in some distances because it's ridiculous. He's in the field this week in Phoenix. He's never played here before. His distance is going to help here. We'll go over him during the betting segment because I'm not not going to bet on him because that's what we do on this podcast. We bet on Roy McIlroy, but he's going to be able to take advantage of length accuracy isn't super important here so we who knows what he's how he's going to play in phoenix but we'll see let's go over the rest of the bets that we had for the farmer's insurance we had rory top 10 that was a miss he made double on 15 and then failed the birdie the 18th the last hole of the tournament par five all we needed was a birdie at the last hole and that would have been a top 10 finish and we would have been i think that was plus 125 so that would have been sick but nope uh taylor gooch top 40 missed that one too 77 on saturday killed that one and he didn't do anything on Sunday. He was two shots outside the top 40. I think he was T48, but he needed two more shots. So that one wasn't too close. Max Homa, super easy hit. He finished T18. We had him for a top 40. That hit at plus 150. He played great golf and he's playing great golf. He's going to be in the betting segment later in the show. He's 14th strokes gained T to green, eighth in approach. So he just had a very, very good week this week. Mark Leishman, top 20. We hit that one too, plus 175. That was a nail biter coming down to the stretch. He needed birdie on 18 to finish in the top 20 and he needed to lay up. So we needed a close wedge from like 75 yards and he put his little pitch to, I think two feet, a little over two feet. So that was gigantic. Um, I think those guys actually came exactly tied for 20 at T20 Mark and uh, Max. So that's a big hit. Cameron Davis had a sweat and two top 40 hit plus a hundred. Uh, he was outside the top 40 when he stood on the 18 T and then he made Eagle for a comfy, 
uh, top 40 finish. So plus 100. And then Matty Wolf, I had him for a top 40. He was playing terrible golf, and I was very nervous about it. And then he had a hand injury and had a WD. So that one comes back to us. So of the five bets that stood, we hit three of them. Um, overall, we were plus 225 or plus 2.25 units on the uh, for the farmers, which is pretty good. We would have had a monster week if Rory just birdies 18 or doesn't double 15. We would have been plus 450 if Rory didn't do any of that. So that would have been awesome. But uh, he kind of screwed us. So plus 225 for the week, which is good. Back-to-back winning weeks. I think we're plus three units over the last two weeks, which is pretty solid. We'll keep that. And on that note, let's move on to the waste management Phoenix open preview, in-depth betting, all that kind of stuff. Let's get into it. Like I said, it's the people's open without any of the people. Uh, usually I think in 2018, they set a record for hosting more than 700,000 people. That was the last time they estimated attendance this year going to look a lot different. And it's a bummer, man. That 16th is electric. Those boozed up guys that don't really, half those people there don't even care about golf. They just go there to get hammered. And because of COVID-19 protocols, only 5,000 fans will be able to occupy the stands on the 16th, which sucks. That's only 25% of what it normally holds. So that's going to be a bummer. Uh, Webb Simpson is returning as the defending champion. I already mentioned it couple minutes ago, but he beat Tony Finau in a playoff last season. And then Ricky, the 2019 champion is also in the field, but his odds are a long shot. He's plus 5,000 to get a second win here. So we'll see. I don't know. He played decent golf at the farmers. He made the cut and then didn't do much after that. I think he was like a T 50 something finish. So he didn't do too much, but he's showed flashes over the last couple of weeks that his game is kind of rounding. Hopefully he played decent at the American express. So we'll see what happens with Ricky. I'm not hundred percent sure he's going to be on the card just because I don't know if the value is there yet for a top 30 finish, but we'll get into it. Uh, the rest of the field, Rory again is making his first start at TPC Scottsdale. John Rahm is here. Justin Thomas, who's definitely going to be on the card. Brooks Kepka, who is not. And Hideki Matsuyama is also here. He's won twice. The course, TPC Scottsdale is a par 71, plays at 7,200 yards. That's uh, based on the championship scorecard yardage. Designer was Tom Weisskopf and Jay Morish. The greens overseeded with Bent Grask and Poa. Um, they're dormant, I forget, Bermuda. They're dormant Bermuda, and then they overseed with Bent Grask and Poa. So we'll see on the greens. Putting is obviously important every week. So, I mean, Webb Simpson's a great putter. Hideki's one here twice and he can I am a 10 times better putter than Hideki is and he's one here twice so we'll see it's kind of a crapshoot when it comes to TPC Scottsdale on the putting and this course could not be more TPC bland very boring nothing is interesting about this golf course until like the 14th hole maybe like the last five holes are fine but man is this a boring ass golf course everything is the same fairways a bit wider than they are at um Torrey Pines which is kind of obvious Torrey Pines has needle thick fairways and the rough definitely isn't as penalizing. Uh, it's not that long and it kind of sits up a little bit. So driving accuracy definitely isn't going to be like as important as it was last week with those skinny fairways. Uh, the weather Thursday, this is, <laughs> this is the most Scottsdale thing I'm ever going to read. Weather Thursday, sunny, 69 degrees, seven mile an hour winds Friday, sunny, 67, seven mile an hour winds 
Saturday, sunny, 70 degrees, seven mile an hour winds. Sunday, sunny, 74 and six mile an hour winds. So the weather is not going to be a factor, at least as of now. I know last year the wind picked up on Sunday and they got a little bit of rain. So it was a little bit tougher, but the guys should be able to score with this weather condition. I am predicting probably high teen will probably win. If I had to guess, if I had to throw out a prediction for that, I think a high teen is probably going to win. So the guys are going to have to make a lot of birdies. Key stats for this week, strokes gain T to green is going to be huge. Ball strikers win this event. Very good ball strikers win this event. Webb last year, Hideki, one of the best ball strikers on the planet, has won here twice. So those kind of guys win here. Gary Woodland has won here before. Ricky Fowler is usually a good ball striker. He's won here. So that's what it takes at this course. And then kind of a minor one is going to be driving distance. So bombers have won here. Um, Accuracy guys have won here in the past. It's kind of a mixed bag. But with distance, you can definitely kind of outdrive some of the bunkers, some of the hazards you can get out in front of. And then again, like I said, bombers can kind of spray it a little bit and the consequence isn't going to be as bad as like a Tory Pines where you kind of stuck in the rough and you kind of have to hack it out. You can attack pins from the rough at TPC Scottsdale. So just bomb it down there and just kind of hope for the best. That's why I think Rory can kind of bounce back in this spot because his driving accuracy was awful at Tory Pines, 43%. That's very, very bad. But here, you can kind of do the same thing, and you can still go after pins. So I'm not worried about it. And Rory had a decent iron week aside from the wedges. So we'll see. Data golf information for the week. Course fit. Number one, Keen Trace Golf Club. I have no idea what the fuck that is. Uh, number two is Bay Hill. And number three is uh, Kiwa Island Resort Ocean, where they're going to be for the, what is that, the PGA this season? That's that golf course. Uh, two golf courses, Rory has one at the pass. Just keep that in mind. Trending. Of the players in the field, Xander Shoffley, his last three starts, T17, T5, T2. John Rahm, T7, T7, T7. So a top 10 bet on John Rahm will probably win some money this week. And then Justin Thomas, T12, three, and then he actually missed the cut in Abu Dhabi. But we'll talk about him in a second because I don't think that trend's going to continue. Percent chance to win... According to Data Golf, baseline, course history, and fit, John Rahm, 14% chance to win. Justin Thomas, 8.9% chance to win. And Xander Shoffley, 7.3% chance to win. Uh, some of the betting odds, some of the favorites, uh, according to DraftKings, as of right now, John Rahm sits at plus 600, Justin Thomas plus 750, Xander Shoffley plus 800, and then you get to Rory plus 1100. Webb Simpson, plus 14. Daniel Berger, plus 16. Another great iron player. Hideki Matsuyama, plus 12, uh, 2,200, sorry. Harris English, plus 2,500, who's also a great ball striker, but played has been playing like shit pretty much since he won. Sung JM, another good ball striker, plus 3,300. Billy Horschel is a guy that kind of always kind of hangs around tournaments like this. If you go down, uh, Will Z, plus 4,500. You get to Ricky Fowler, plus 5,000. Crazy. Brooks Kepka is also down there. The guys at 5,000, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, Bubba Watson, Matty Wolf. Like, that is gigantic um, odds at the bottom of that. Like, that's huge value. Value is the word I was looking for there. Huge value at the bottom of that list. So we might have to attack that maybe with some top 40 picks because they might be plus or plus odds probably for a top 30. I don't know about top 40, but we'll get into that. T9 card. Let's go over some guys. Um Justin Thomas is one guy that I'm definitely going to bring up here in this spot. He's coming off a missed cut in Abu Dhabi, but in my mind, I don't think there's a better ball striker on the planet, and that's going to be the most important stat at TPC Scottsdale. He's sixth in T to green so far this year on tour. Last year at this tournament, he finished T3. The year before that, solo third. Obviously, no value here for a top 20 bet for JT in this spot just because he's one of the favorites, but you can get plus money 
excuse me, you can get plus money for him for a top 10. I believe you can get him at plus 110 right now on DraftKings. I would think about that just because obviously recent recent history at this golf course. Plus, I think that missed cut. I wouldn't read too much into that. He was playing great golf before that. That was the week after the whole slur thing. A little bit distracted, long flight. I don't know if I would look too much into that, that miscut. I just think he's a way, he's too good of a ball striker not to play well at this golf course. And I think that's why he always does. His start before the solo third in 2018, I still think was a top 30, if not a top 20 finish, maybe T28, one of the, somewhere in there. So he's played well, trending. So I like JT in that spot. And then another guy going back to the well kind of on this one. I know that I say that I kind of go back to guys that have won me money in the recent weeks, and that's Max Homa. T3 here last year, so a top 10 finish. Had a top 30 finish in 2019. He lives here. He lives near Phoenix, so he is very familiar with golf in the desert. He had a top 20 at the Farmers. He was a 54-hole leader at the American Express before a shitty Sunday, and then he t 12 in Mayakoba the week before that, so he's playing very, very good golf. He's very trending. He's staying kind of in that same little zone. He has very good value still. Like, he's consistently inside the top 20 recently and for a top 20 finish you can get him at plus 335 like that's huge value i don't know if i would take him at a at a top 20 when the odds come out DraftKings doesn't have top 30 or top 40 right now i think i'm depending on which one if top 40 is still good value like if you if they still give me plus 140 or up for a top 40 finish like i'm gonna take that if not i might dabble in a top 30 i just think his game's in a good spot his mind's in a good spot he's playing good golf has played well at this golf course very recently so i think that all kind of adds up to a top 30 finish for max uh 2016 2017 winner hideki matsuyama as of right now he's 21st on tour and t uh and strokes gain t to green he made the cut at the farmers but didn't do much after that top 20s in the last two appearances here so he's had very good i mean what is that? Four out of the top of his last five starts here are top 20s, including two wins, so that he plays very well at this golf course. And like I said, this is a ball striker golf course, and he's one of the best ball strikers on the planet. Top 20 at Sony a couple weeks ago. And for a top 20 finish for Hideki, he's currently plus 120. So I just think he could take advantage of his ball striking. He's going to need to do something with the putter. Just his putting is so bad. But again, he's one here, and he's a terrible putter. So if he can get it even going a little bit on the greens, he'll be right there. Um, Will Z is another guy that we're going to talk about. We already mentioned his name. T7 at the Farmers. 14 top 10 finishes since the start of 2020. He's fourth this season on tour and T to green. Again, unreal ball striker. First start in this event. He's never started at TPC Scottsdale, but as of right now for a top 20 finish, he's plus 175. So if you go down, if you're more comfortable with the top 30 for will that's still going to be plus value i don't think a top 40 would be plus value but i think that would be a good spot and he's also in a good group i believe let me see if i can bring up the matchups real quick i think he's in group where is he real quick he's in group c with ryan palmer louis ustace and scotty scheffler and ricky fowler I think he could win that group. In that group, I'd probably pick Will or Ryan Palmer. Ryan's coming off a solid start at the Farmers, can take it, can take advantage of his distance at TPC Scottsdale, and is a good ball striker also. But I think I, I like uh, Will Z a little bit more in that spot. So he's going to be a guy to watch. I mean, he's a top 10 machine, so a top 30, you can feel a little bit comfy. And we've won some money with Will before, so we'll see. Another guy, 
that I don't think I've ever mentioned actually on this show before is Luke List. He's trending in the right direction. He had a T21 at the American Express, a top 10 last week at the Farmers. He's 24th on tour this season, T to green. His last three appearances at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, he has two top 30 finishes. I'd probably like the same bet this week or a top 40 right now for a top 20. Let me see if I can bring it up real quick. He's pretty far down on the list. Um, plus 350 for a top 20. So he's going to be plus odds for a top 40 finish. I like that. I think top 40 is solid. A little bit on the safe side with him trending in the right direction and good history at this golf course. I think you could probably get a top 30 out of him, but I you're on the, on the safe side with those kind of boys that can kind of be inconsistent with their play just a little bit, but he's trending in the right direction. I think you could probably get Luke List for a top 40. Uh, Sammy Burns. He's never made a cut here before, but we're still going to talk about him. He's coming off a nice week at the Farmers with a top 20 finish. This season on tour, he's 15th tee to green, third off the tee while being one of the longest on tour. He's 14th in distance, so top 15 distance-wise on tour, which is huge. For a top 20 finish, he's going to be plus 275. So I don't know if he's going to be plus money for a top 40 finish. He will be for sure for a top 30 finish. A couple weeks ago, we lost some money on him, and then he's been playing great golf ever since. So again, I'm going to be more comfortable with probably a top 40 in this spot, even if it's like even money, just because he hasn't missed a, he hasn't made a cut here before. I just think his recent form and he can take advantage of his driver and his T degree, uh, T to green game here at this golf course at TPC stadium. I just think that's a good spot for Bernsey. Uh, huge name. We're ending, ending with three big names here, Bubba Watson. So he missed the cut at the Farmers, but he hasn't really been playing that much golf. Like the last full field event that he played in before the Farmers was the Masters. He played in the QBE, but like obviously that's paired and it's only like 20 teams, I think, or something like that. So he's an interesting one to look at just because he hasn't been playing much golf. Before the Masters, I think he had top 10s at both the Zozo and the CJ. Uh, That was so long ago, though. That's tough to label as like recent form just because that was months ago. But... Third on tour this season, T to green has back-to-back top fives at this tournament. He's plus 200 for a top 20 finish. So a top 30 is going to be uh, plus money, probably like plus 120. I think that's a good bet for Bubba. Recent form here is crazy good. I think his T to green game is just too good not to give him chances at a lot of birdies at TPC Scottsdale. It's just if his putter goes to Phoenix too, because that's kind of his hurt. He kind of looks a little timid with the putter sometimes. So if he can get the flat stick going at least at all, Bubba's going to have a shot to win this golf tournament. I'm a little bit more comfortable in that spot with a top 30 probably for Bubba, but we'll see when the official betting article comes out on twilight9.com uh, mon- or not, <laughs> not Monday, that's today, uh, Wednesday late morning probably. Next guy, Sanjay M. At the Farmers on Sunday, he got it to nine under. He was right there and then shot 42 on the back with three bogeys, two doubles, and a birdie on the last hole of his tournament. Crazy. Like the TV was like in Twitter was like, oh, geez, here's comes Sanjay. And then he makes the turn and goes, I think, bogey, bogey, double par, bogey, or double, I think, or something like that. Like ridiculously bad golf. Like pros don't shoot 42s. It was crazy bad. But he's a fantastic ball striker. He's inside the top 50 this year on tour, TD Green. He has a top 40 here and a top 10 back in 2019. So he's shown form. I believe he's, let me look at it, but it's top 20 real quick. So M you can get at plus 150 for a top 20. I don't think he's going to be plus odds for a top 30. So you'll have to roll the dice with him kind of bouncing back from that bad back nine on Sunday and making a run at a top 20 finish. I think it can happen just because of his ball striking and his TD Green play. I'm a little bit more comfortable probably in that spot with the top 30. It'll probably be around even money or maybe like minus 110. I might take advantage of that. But I think just because of his ball striking ability, he could probably 
nestle his way up there to a top 20 finish. And then we have to finish it with my guy because when he's ever in the field, we have to talk about him. We're a Rory McIlroy podcast. That's what we do. So Rory, he's 19th on tour this season, tee to green, and he's hitting it a long way right now. I think he's averaging like 323 off, off the tee, which is second on tour. He's just not doing it accurately, which again, I've said it already a couple of times on the show. This week's not about accuracy. Not really. You can miss you can miss in the rough and still be able to attack pins. And last week he played with his absolute C game and should have finished inside the top 10. So I think if he gets the putter rolling, he really needs to work on that wedge play. His wedge play proximity needs to be way better than it is right now because it's not good at all. Right, It is dreadful. Mine's probably borderline better. So he's got to get those wedges in his hand quick. Um, it doesn't feel right not to put a little bit of money on my guy. And he's dropped down to fourth favorite. So there's value just because of that bad performance at Torrey on Sunday. His value has dropped back a little bit. That also has to do something with recent performances by Xander. Obviously, he's up to the third favorite. But Rory's down to fourth favorite. There's a lot of value. You can get plus 175 for him for a top 10 finish, which is huge value for a guy like Rory. And even just a top 20 finish is only minus 137, which is good value, man. Like, I don't see him finishing outside the top 20. So even if you just wanted to put a little money on minus 137 for that, I'm probably going to put him back in the card for a top 10 just because I think this course kind of fits his game. He can kind of take advantage of his length just kind of all over the place and not have to really worry about where the ball's going. I think I think he's going to have a good week even though he's never played here. So for now, guys, that's it. Um, make sure you guys are paying attention to the twilight9.com blog just because that's where the official betting article is going to go. Wednesday late morning is going to be the official bets. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's where the video format of the podcast goes on and the Twilight 9 card video also goes on the YouTube channel. It also goes on the Instagram at twilight9pod on Instagram. All the videos go up there, show highlights, show announcements, um, other stuff. When I start doing reviews, I actually have a couple things that just came in that I'm going to be doing reviews on. That's all going to go on twilight9.com for you guys to check out. Uh, But yeah, guys, follow the Instagram at twilight9pod. Pay attention to twilight9.com. Follow my personal if you want at RileyHamill underscore. And actually, before we go, when you guys are listening, I was actually going to start it this week, but I, I moved it to next week for Pebble. We're going to start the listener the listener pick segment next week on uh, next week's show. So if you guys follow the Instagram at Twilight9Pod and message me Sunday night, Monday morning, um, Monday early afternoon, like I usually record around like two or three Monday for the uh, show release on Tuesday. If you guys just DM me, two or three guys that you think can win the tournament next week. So next week it's going to be Pebble. So if you guys have two or three guys in your mind that can that you think can win Pebble, DM me those guys and I'll pick one person to mention on the show. And if that person quickly or if that person predicts the winner of the tournament and gets it right, they get a and I don't have it on me right now. Actually, I was supposed to have it. Uh, the Twilight Nine hoodie. We're going to be giving out Twilight Nine hoodies to guys that pick winners. So that's going to be awesome. So we're, I don't have a fancy name for it yet. The listener segment pick. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but that's that's what it's going to be. So if you correctly pick the winner, you get a uh, Twilight Nine hoodie, which is going to be awesome. Get those around to some of the listeners. The show's growing still, so that's sweet. And that's it, guys. So follow the Instagram at Twilight Nine Pod at Riley Hamill underscore. We're going to recap the waste management, preview the AT and T Pro Am, even though there's going to be no one there. And I will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.